0: You Can't Sit With Me, hosted by Deanna Esfier. Well, hello there, frenemies. Welcome back to the You Can't Sit With Me podcast. Yet another cheesy podcast cheesy intro. Because you know what? I don't like an icebreaker. I'm socially awkward. I don't like to break the ice. I just like to get straight down to business. So this week we have a very interesting episode. We cover some press schemes and the way that the press dictates friendships in Hollywood and the entertainment world. And so I thought I wanted to make this like a deeper episode with more substance. And also at the same time, I really wanted my ego stroke. So I was strategic about this myself. I got... Dara Brustein, who is the person who featured me on the Forbes article for the top 18 female-led podcasters. We're gonna break down Taylor Swift's new music video and then go straight into the real Housewives of Beverly Hills drama. Before we get into the episode, I just want to remind you guys to rate and review the podcast. I have been reading some of your reviews recently and they have made me feel very happy and very validated. And as we discuss later on in this episode, episode is something that I truly truly enjoy you can also use the Apple podcast reviews to ask me questions maybe, comment on the latest episode that you've listened to, we could make the review space a little more interesting for everybody, including myself. Anyway, also reminding you guys that you are welcome to join the secret Facebook group, Bitches Sit Together. We have some really hilarious people there posting all their favorite memes, asking questions. If you're a fan of the tip of the week, we have got all of the links and all of the products listed on the concertwithme.com webpage. We got super deep this week with my guests. So I will just let you guys enjoy this episode. I am here with Dara Brewstein. Hello. Hey. <laughs> we just had a little chat before we, we recorded this because I do not like an intro. Have you been on podcasts before? Uh, lots. <laughs> lots, lots, lots. Lots of yeah. podcasts. Do they make you do an intro? I find it, yes, it's super duper awkward.
1: You're like, let me just vomit all of my stuff onto you.
0: It makes you, it makes me feel like an arsehole. Whenever someone asks me to do an intro, I'm like, here are my achievements, achievements, achievements. I want someone to be like, give me an intro, but tell me all the shittiest things about yourself. Yes. <laughs>
1: I think I'm going to make that a thing. Say, So are you teeing me up for that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe. Okay, fine. So I want you to tell everyone about yourself, all the good stuff, and then I want like two really bad things. Oh cool. Perfect.
1: Well I'll start with the bad thing. So I'm Darren. I, I think I'm Dara, okay. Yeah, and I was laid. That's just the intro. I was laid off three times in three years, right after graduating from college. So that was a super duper start. Congratulations! And that was my first layoff. Happened three months after buying a house at the ripe age of twenty-three because I had a restraining order against my landlord. So <laughs> that's a, that's another one. Um, I also think I have a hunch. You and I are going to talk about some friendship stuff. I also lost some friendships over things like business. And you even mentioned before we got on the podcast about losing a friendship over an Instagram story, which happened to me, which was the most odd
0: thing. I can We have to get at. into that later. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. So those are all the bad things. The, I'll, I'll give you the quick highlight reel. It's, I'm an entrepreneur, entrepreneur who apparently can't speak English and an <laughs> author. And I've started several businesses. I own a credit card processing company, a networking events company, I wrote a children's book on financial literacy. I write for Forbes, which Deanna knows because I featured her in her podcast, <laughs> and I'm writing another book now. I also run a personal brand business that teaches people how to design their lives, build businesses to fund it, and networks to support it.
0: Talk about an overachiever. You know, a couple things. <laughs> no, I mean, I'd love, you, you, I'll start with the bad things, but then... Bitches, I'm amazing. You are amazing. I can't believe all the stuff that you're doing Thank you. It's fun. I like to stay full I don't even consider it busy, but it
1: feels good to have a lot of different things going on And for me the thing that underpins it all is connection. I know that i'm on the planet to be a connector So -hmm. it's really fun to have all these different
0: outlets to do that. That's amazing Well, thanks for this intro before we get into the juicy content of the podcast tip of the week I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend.
1: So mine is random. Are you asking for mine?
0: <laughs> you can go first. I can go first. It's kind of up to you. Some people want me to go first because they feel like it's taking the pressure off them a little bit. Yeah, you go. I want to hear yours. This this seems like kind of a silly one, and it's a little bit of a superficial one, may I say? I recently started working with a wardrobe organizer slash stylist because I do a lot of red carpet coverage, as you probably know, and I'm on camera a lot. But one skill that I do not have is styling myself, presenting myself. I mean, I'm always groomed, but I'm terrible at actually looking like a decent human. It's very hard for me to step out of my house (laughs) not wearing PJs. That's shocking from your Instagram. <laughs> uh, but, but, that, but that's what I mean. My, but can we just say my Instagram is all fucking fake? It's not real. My Instagram is filtered. The tan that I have on there is not even spray tan. It's a filter, okay? And all the outfits that I have on there have not been picked by me, okay? Amazing. Not me. All fake. I don't even know why I have this kind of Instagram because it's clearly not a good representation of the kind of person I am. But but I love your transparency. Thank you. Yeah. So I'll be transparent in the captions, but then the photos are just fake. That's so funny. And and then when I face-tune myself, I'll say it as well because... You know what? In LA, everyone FaceTunes, everyone Instagrams, but no one's actually upfront about it. Everyone tries to hide it. And I just want to put it out there that I do it because I'm a thirsty bitch like everyone else in LA, but at least I'm transparent. So there you, you go. go. At least I have that going for me. At least <laughs> I have that skill going for me. I don't know if it's a skill. It's a quality or maybe not. Maybe it's a, it's a fault. But anyway, oh, it's I so since I started working with this wardrobe organizer. It's more of an organizer. So she, we go through all my things and she's like, you don't need this. You need this. You should pair these things with those things. You need this kind of pairs, pair of shoes. And I was still struggling with mixing and matching. I'm not very good at putting things together um, because it's a bit of a headache and I have so many things to think about in the morning. So what I did is I purchased a Polaroid camera mm. and I took photos and it sounds Pinteresty and lame and super stupid, but it's actually very helpful. So I pair things together for the week and I have this little grid on my wall where I just like pin the photos together and I wake up and I just look at my little wall grid of the outfits that I have for the week and I don't have to think about it in the morning.
1: I love that. It's reducing your decision fatigue and putting, it's any outsourcing 101, right? You take the things you're not great at or don't enjoy and outsource them.
0: Exactly. And you know what? I'm very much a techie person. Like I don't like, I used to have a paper planner, but now I do Google calendar, I do calendar, etc. But I feel like having it on your wall with vintage looking photos just makes you more excited about it because I have anxiety of waking up and not knowing what to put together and being late. Like it's caused me anxiety, which is so fucking stupid. But this really brings me back to taking pleasure into putting an outfit together. Mm, I love that. That's a great tip. Thank you. So what's
1: your tip? My tip is way lamer. It's something that I learned recently on another podcast, actually, where the woman had incredible skin. We were doing it over video and I couldn't get over it. And she's like, my secret is a jade roller. Are you familiar
0: with these? Yes. So that's been my, I do a cold roller, but it's a similar situation. I've never spoken about the jade roller. So explain to everyone how you use it and how it's changed your skin.
1: Well, it seems like a hybrid because I put it in the fridge. It's jade, like the stone, Mm -hmm. which if you believe in crystals and stones, which doesn't really matter, then there's properties apparently that help. But regardless, more tactically, you put it in the fridge and in the morning, if I don't drink coffee, but if you're drinking coffee or like I'm taking out my probiotic or doing whatever I'm doing, you roll it up on your skin, obviously not down, bad for going against gravity. Yeah. You don't want to be saggy. Exactly. And so you roll it up three times per spot and it's one, it's cold. So it's super invigorating. And then two, it's supposed to boost the collagen in your skin, which as we all know, gets less and less over time as we age. So it's been really cool. Like I, it makes me feel awake and alert in the morning. And then who knows, maybe it's a placebo effect, but my skin seems to be looking better.
0: No. So it's proven. So I I speak a lot about skincare and Um, self-care on the podcast and on my website as well. And I use a cold roller, which is a similar principle. It just stays cold for longer because I love that, you know, cooling effect that wakes your face up in the morning, especially, you know, I'm on camera and when I haven't gotten much sleep because, you know, my podcast is kind of my side hustle now. So I'll edit till 3am and then I have to wake up at seven to cover something. This makes you look like you've slept the whole night when you have not. Amazing. It's so good. So I love this tip. We love a skincare tip. Let's move on to the interview slash pop culture updates. So, okay. I was going to jump straight into the pop culture updates, but I'm intrigued now because you told me that you lost a friendship (laughs) over an Insta story. And I need to know what that's about because in LA, everyone's always on Instagram. Everyone's always on social media. I get called out on it so much when I go back to Europe. So I want to be able to relate to this story because I feel like it's going to be a very good juicy one.
1: It's so stupid. So I, and first of all, I think there's a spectrum of degree of friendship. And so I will say this was like an acquaintance friend. I didn't know him deeply. However, I used to split my time between New York and Atlanta. I'm now primarily based in Atlanta and travel a ton from here. And I had a little gathering. Whenever I go somewhere, I love to bring people together. So I thought I'm in New York for a couple of days. I'm going to gather the troops I was doing it at the public hotel, which happened to be like a couple blocks from where this person lives. And I invited him along with the crew, and I took a few photos of people and planned to put them into my Insta stories. And as he was leaving, he said to me, don't post that picture. But I had at the time, my assistant was posting the photos for me, and I forgot to tell her not to post that one. Mm -hmm. And so she posted it, tagged him. And then I get this really angry message from him, like, how dare you? I told you not to post it, which was silly. Like, there was nothing wrong with the photo or any, like, real legitimate reason why he didn't want to have it shared. And yeah, he was really angry. And I apologized. I said, listen, that's my bad. I didn't follow through and tell my assistant. I just pulled it down. Good news, because it was so recently, it only had 20 views so far. So no harm, no foul. I have never heard from him again.
0: Okay. So can I give you my thoughts on this story? Because I have very strong feelings now. Please. So I really get bothered by people who ask things from you, but don't communicate why. Mm-hmm. So, I, because, so here's what I think of the situation. If this guy had asked you to delete that photo and said, I'm really sorry, my girlfriend isn't on this trip. For example, this is hypothetically My girlfriend isn't on this trip. If she sees this on anyone's Instagram story, she's going to be so annoyed with me. I'm going to get back home and it's going to be a whole problem. You would have not forgotten to tell your assistant Mm -hmm. because you would have felt empathy for him. But this guy was just an arsehole from the beginning. He was like, take it off," Like, don't put it up. And it's just... A rude request, especially when you're someone who has to post for work and who uses social media as a tool. It's a tool for your business. So when someone is like, well, don't use this tool and don't use me, he needs to back it up with a reason. Well, it's so interesting because the way
1: I saw it was I'm sharing a happy experience and I have some followers who might want to know about you. So you could gain some followers. (laughs) Like That could be a happy byproduct, but obviously wasn't how we saw it. It was my bad in the
0: sense of probably shouldn't have posted it, but oops. He should have explained it. He should have said, I don't like to be seen on social media. I prefer to remain private. I I feel very strongly about it. You would have not forgotten. Totally. You don't come across like the kind of person who would forget this this kind of detail. No, No, not at all. But yeah, so so
1: there's my lost friendship
0: (laughs) over Instagram. You know what I mean? Don't be socially fucking stupid. I have so many people on my shit list. Nobody likes me. I don't like anyone. There are very few people I like. (laughs) i love it self-aware self-awareness you know what i think this podcast is about you i think i I should have given you a different description in the forbes article it's not about setting the bar low it's about (laughs) self-awareness
1: then it's really self-help and who knew
0: who knew that a bitch would be able to help others (laughs) I'm but a
1: recovering I, bitch, so maybe maybe we can teach each other a thing. Have you truly recovered though? That is the question. Well, I used to be called to the guidance counselor in elementary school for being the bully on the playground, and I think that you never fully recover. I think she still lives in there, and if I get triggered, she's ready to come out, but I don't usually let her out. I, I like to think that
0: I've evolved beyond that, however that's so she funny doesn't go away <laughs> that's so funny. So you know when they say the big the biggest bullies were the bullies. Oh yeah, that makes sense. because That's been, me. Like, no, taking I it was in. bullied. So now I've become the worst of all and I put it out there on a
1: podcast every week. Well, this is interesting because now we're coming face-to-face like the bully and the bully e. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Who's going to win? Should we turn it into exactly. a contest? Should this be a battle royale? <laughs> Literally. Number one, numero uno. Have you seen Taylor Swift's new video, Me? What do you think of the song? I need your thoughts because listeners of the podcast already know that I do not like Taylor Swift. Oh. Yeah. Don't like her.
1: Here's what I liked about the video, the colors. I felt like Easter threw up in the best way. It was beautiful visuals and the costumes were stunning and super on trend on the power suit that Mm -hmm. she and her entire crew of people were wearing. So love that. Didn't love the song. I mean, it's so bad. So bad. Silly, like in the lyrics, it said something like spelling is cool because they're constantly spelling me and awesome and all of these other words. That yeah. was kind of lame. I did like the blending of their voices, the Panic at the Disco guy and Taylor. He's got so a great voice. I will, uh, I will say I'm over her attempts at dancing. I'm <laughs> so I'm so here for someone who's not necessarily like the triple
0: threat and that she owns that. She's not. She's a zero threat. she has no nothing I'm not threatened by anything about her I mean I am I completely agree with everything you're saying and everything you're saying really relates to all of my previous Taylor Swift critiques on the podcast um and I don't want to be a hater here because you know what back in the day I used to be a performer myself and I failed in that career did I fail because I was bad no because if we did there wouldn't be Taylor Swift's of the world she's not a very No, she's not a very good singer. She's a terrible dancer. I do feel like her dance moves had improved in this video. She clearly trained because normally she's dangly and she's completely off rhythm. This time I felt like she got like the locks in. She got some of, you know, she could like really hit the beat and she got a a little bit more groove, but she's She's still a terrible dancer. She's not the best singer. She's not the best performer. I just don't really see her as a triple threat at all, if I'm Mm -hmm. honest with you. Fair.
1: Yeah. I mean, in the in the uh, video, she's acting, she's dancing, she's singing. So one might call her a triple threat, but you're right. It's like, how do we rate well, each a, of those?
0: You're only a triple threat if those skills that you put forward are, exciting, are yeah. a threat to the other performers of the world, which they're not in that case. Fair. I mean,
1: it's interesting because obviously there's a lot of people who relate to her and are attracted to what she's doing. I mean, I I give credit to people who achieve that level of success, regardless
0: of if I agree with it, I don't have to like it. So a hundred percent, you know, respect for her success about the video, about the song. I thought the song, it reminded me of like a Teletubbies. um, (laughs) Yes. The (laughs) video is a masterpiece. I'm not going to lie. The creative direction, everything about the video was so visually pleasing. It was a masterpiece. The song was stupid. If it weren't for the panic at the disco guy, it would have been a complete fail for me. The song He added some edge, the masculine voice was good. I don't know. I, I, I'm happy that Taylor Swift is back to her pop roots that she because she, she tried to be too edgy in her latest album. What I'm truly over in this situation is, we get it. Your butt hurt. People called you a snake. People hated you on social media. Get over it. You've already done a whole album about this. Why do you have to put out another piece of content with the same storyline? we get it like it's it move forward do you know yeah, what i
1: mean it does feel a bit whiny and it sounds like you're looking for some new material which is fair very
0: fair but far. that's what i hate about taylor swift also all everything is whiny that is true it's even me it, instead of being the rebirth i me i'm so happy it was me i'm not a snake anymore because they called me a snake
1: well, I mean, we could get into the entire pipeline of media and who's perpetuating what and was the Kim and Kanye stuff they put her on blast for true? Is she setting up her own good and bad press, in which case then she can have this self-fulfilling prophecy of saying, oh, they called me this and they called me that, and then she can create more content out of it. So interesting rabbit hole to jump into. But
0: then it's, again, as I was saying to you before we recorded, it's, it's extremely unrelatable struggles. Oh, Yeah. For sure. Like, oh, someone like Kim Kardashian put me on blast.
1: Boo-hoo. Right. Kanye came on stage and said X, Y, Z. Boo-hoo. <laughs> got, got, got me like a
0: ton of press. Boo-fucking-hoo. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, of course. If Kanye had put me on blast, even if it was in the most disgusting way possible, if Kanye had put my podcast on blast on a major primetime TV performance, I would have been like, thanks, bitch. Thank you. Yeah,
1: Here's your gift basket.
0: Literally. So, boohoo, completely unrelatable. I'm over it. I'm completely over this whole situation. Okay, goodbye. Let's move forward. Okay, about the media, about the TV, let's dive into some Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. You go first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, should we begin with the lunch heard around the world? <laughs>
0: Wait, which one? Which one is
1: that? That is Dorit, PK, Ken, and Lisa at Pump
0: Over Sushi. I mean, first of all, you have a restaurant and then you have to order sushi. (laughs) Right, you order into your own restaurant. Like they don't want to treat them to a pump meal. They they, they lost already.
1: (laughs) So true. And bring them in on a night when they're setting up for an event they didn't invite them to.
0: Let's talk about the, again, unrelatability. Is that even a a word? See, I'm losing my word now.
1: Yeah, we're going with it.
0: Okay, fine. Of this argument to begin with, whose side are you on? I'm
1: totally on Dorit's side, which I never have said before.
0: <laughs> Same. I never thought I'd ever be on Dorit's side because of the tragic hairstyles. Well, it, there's just an
1: there's an insincerity to her. I, there's something I don't believe. It all feels very smoke and mirrors. But in this case, I'm like, holy shit! You're actually standing your ground and trusting your intuition, and it's leading you in the right direction.
0: Well, I actually really appreciated that about her because I feel like she's such a people pleaser all the time, you know. And and, and I know I always bring that into the mix, but the outfits are just so tragic. I can't. She's, I need
1: very eighties Barbie. Like, put her in one of those zip up sleeveless swimsuits, like body glove swimsuits from back in the day. I feel like that's her whole look all the time.
0: But, but Erica has that look, but I'm all about it for oh, but some Erica reason. Erica has
1: also spectrum. Like she's got a variety. Dorit is like stuck in like 81 in a way that I can't really get on board with.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. I just cannot get on board with Dorit style. I don't know what it is about it. I, it she just bugs me. All around bugs me. And, I, and it's kind of mean because you know what? I'm sure she's like a, a, a lovely woman. I mean, I don't know. Also, the way that she mothers her kids, I feel like she, whenever she speaks to her kids, it feels like she's talking to them for the first time, like she's just met them. <laughs> I mean, maybe she has a lot of help. <laughs> maybe she's <it's> just... <laughs> No, but you can have a lot of help, but you can have the saying- will to develop a
1: relationship with your children. Totally. I mean, interestingly, though, she acts as though they're her everything. So maybe it's just every time she sees them, she feels like she's seeing them anew. I don't know. I'm not Yeah,
0: alone. and then she proceeds on to comparing them to her bikini business. <laughs> right. My three babies. My three babies. Are you fucking joking? Yeah,
1: I mean, I'll be honest. I've used the analogy or the metaphor of businesses and
0: childbirth before but not like that do you have children nope just a fur one okay me too so you know we can have this conversation again when you've actually you know carried a baby in your tummy for nine months because she has twice Mm -hmm. and so for her to do that is unacceptable to me so you to do that you know I get it I'm the same I treat my business as my baby Because I don't have a real one. Right. Exactly. It's the closest thing I have. You know, we need something to hold on to. Hello. Truth. So about this argument, who the fuck argues about leaking a story in the press? Yeah. I mean, clearly the
1: guy on my Insta stories, but aside from him.
0: (laughs) But Insta stories are relatable.
1: I mean, it's so funny because there needed to be a glossary in the bottom corner of the episode explaining like what it means to leak a story and who Radar Online is and all of these things that the average person does not know.
0: This is the kind of shit that we deal with in L.A., by the way. I know you don't live in L.A., but you're in the world of media and new media, so you get it. People get offended Over other people leaking stories. This is what people argue about here. And when you come to LA, everyone is fake as fuck. They're like, Oh my gosh, you look amazing. Are you a model? I'm 5'2", by the way, not a fucking model. The one thing they decide to argue about is leaking stories about a dog. The way. Right, exactly.
1: I mean, my take one is that Lisa did it. My take two is that Lisa has no ability to be self reflective or apologetic. 100%. My other take on it is, is that it's finally a breaking point for Dorit where this little thing, you know, it's the straw that broke the camel's back, as they'd say, that while the thing itself is pretty stupid and, like you said, tremendously unrelatable, it's finally her moment where she's like, I've had enough. You've been raking me over the coals for years. I'm finally here's proof and evidence of something that I can tangibly present to you and then it's easy for Lisa and Ken to be like, if you think something so silly as this and diminish it, because they've been masterminding in this game of chess from behind the scenes forever. Hundred percent. It's
0: very cutthroat of them to be like, believe me or fuck off. It right. truly shows their insincere nature. Like I just don't, I didn't like that at all. And as you said, I'm very proud of Dorit for just because I feel like she really lost her dignity being Lisa's friend over this season. She she did everything she could to regain her friendship. She really put her ego aside. <laughs> to regain Lisa's friendship so many times. And I feel like this time she was like, fuck you. And I'm really pissed off with PK for not having yes. her back. I was going to say, I wonder what goes
1: behind on behind closed doors with she and PK, where PK is probably like, we need to stay close with them. They're, it's kind of like Kyle said on the episode, like what's going on behind the scenes that we don't know? Do they have dirt on each other? Is there some secret something? Because why do they care so much? Why is there this deep
0: need to remain friends with them to the point that you don't have the back of your wife? What I've learned about LA during my short time here is that when you're involved in this world of media, there's always a transaction involved and there's always someone that has dirt on you. There's always, you know, even with the Kardashians, when a story is leaked about them, they're aware of it. They're called by the outlets and they're told, we just got the tip about this story about you. We're going to put it out. Do you want to come and tell us about it or do you have something better that Mm -hmm. we can publish In exchange of, but, but, but it has to be better. So it's leverage. It's all about leverage. It's all a transaction. And I feel like these friendship in the public eye, especially with such powerful people are all based around that. I even think Dorit's marriage with her husband Mm. has something to do with that. Do you feel like they really love each other in the show? I can't tell, to be honest. And I was thinking
1: about this yesterday that I remember in the early seasons of Housewives, like when Gretchen was in the OC with that really old guy and everyone's like, oh, she's really his nurse and she's in it for the money. No one talks about any of that in Beverly Hills. No one says, why is Erica with Tom when he's 30 years or whatever older? And hey, I'm not going to go near Erica. I love her. I actually believe that she has some respect and love for him. I don't think it's just about the money. Obviously, she's living a baller life. Yeah, But no one goes in on those things. No one's saying gold digger. No one's saying that to Dorit. No one is asking well, those questions. I
0: feel like Erica, especially I've I've read her book. I mean, I audio listened to her book, has been very upfront about her feelings towards her husband. She has never said My husband is a a sex god and I'm just so attracted to this old man. She expresses that her whole life, she's been a struggling performer. And when she met him, she was like, I had deep respect for this man who was so intelligent and brought such comfort to my life and not the financial comfort, but just overall made her feel valued and comfortable. And so she's upfront about her feelings towards her husband. She's not saying, I met this guy and I wanted to jump on him. Right.
1: Totally. And interestingly, it brings a new narrative to the conversation of how you make choices on your life partner, that it doesn't have to be that lustful thing that we see. I mean, I know you've had Vanderpump Rule Stars on here. I feel like that's the great example of like Ashina who is only there for the attraction and the stability versus thinking long-term and what does it actually take to have a stable relationship, which I'm totally for people making decisions as long as they're making
0: them intentionally. A hundred percent. But you know, I've overanalyzed this for so long now because i it's my coping mechanism i overanalyze reality tv personalities with Vanderpump rules you know they've all experienced very quick success and quick fame when it comes to housewives they've had so much more experience in between and they've had a whole life in between so i feel like they know better i feel like the vanderpump rules cast is not equipped with the experience that all these housewives have had to be able to know the difference between lust, obsession, and just knowing better long-term.
1: It's so true. I mean, talk about lust, Denise Richards. She's been a fantastic new contribution with her talks of her morning romps every day. She's
0: <laughs> so fucking funny. I'm
1: obsessed with you know, I can't her. wait for her to break out and just be like, y'all are fucking nuts. You're insane. I'm not going to be this person in the middle of
0: all of this. I want to see Denise just,
1: just completely lose her shit. Totally. And- I, I can totally watch LVP trying to manipulate her and pull her into her corner. And she's too smart for it. She she's won't be able
0: it. to. Yeah. She won't be able to. Exactly. They all tried. Camille tried. But, oh, Camille. but this is what I was going to say about the lust. I forgot. I, there was something I wanted to add about what you said because it was very interesting. You know, we said that Erica had like a deep respect for her husband and she made a decision that was more long-term. You see, you know, in the way that she carries herself, you can see that even though... Maybe her choice of husband was not the same as someone like Kyle who, you know, she was probably younger and she was like, my husband is so hot and I love him and whatever. But she respects her husband and she knows how to carry herself, whereas she's this pop star, but he can bring her into any situation and she will still be able to hold her own. So they really respect each other's worlds in that way. And I feel like Dorit and her husband are very different disconnected in that sense. I think you're totally right that he sort of is like, here's your allowance, here's your space
1: to do your little business. And it's it's a little more pandering as yeah. opposed to what you're saying, where it's this mutual respect where they can go effortlessly into each other's worlds and still be fully themselves and have their own thing.
0: Exactly. I really feel like Erica's husband is very much involved in her everyday. You know, he comes to her rehearsal sometimes. He really helps her run her business. And and then you see PK just show up in Dorit's new office like, oh my gosh, that looks amazing. Right. So he's never heard a thing about it before. (laughs) Exactly. But then he's like, oh, by the way, you're going to call this Beverly Beach because I said so. And it was never a conversation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) totally. A real disconnect.
1: It's really an old school thing. Like, my sister-in-law is Japanese. My brother is white and Jewish like me. <laughs> and <laughs> it's interesting because culturally she is very much like he is the head of the household. That's how we're raised in Japan. But, and I feel like it's almost like they have this cultural difference where like he, whatever he says goes.
0: Yeah. And I'm all about being reformed, but I also like to, to, to keep it traditional in some respects. To each their own for sure in that way. And I think with her though, there is some... It's not of- traditional. It's just yeah. completely sexist. It's a control thing. To be honest with you, I know I've bitched about Dorit and her relationship with her husband and her children. I really, really like the fact that she just held her own and was like, fuck you, Lisa. Because Lisa, I mean, also respect her business, respect her success, but so scheming.
1: Totally. Well, here's what's funny is I really respected the moment she sat at that lunch and Ken storms off, which is the favorite move of either Vanderpump is just leave when you don't want to deal with a confrontation. Yeah. And she said, well, I guess you three will be having dinner by yourselves. And then 10 seconds later goes to pander again to Lisa and beg for her friendship and tell her that she loves her. And it's it's this Pavlovian thing where she can't move on. And I think there's pressure from PK to have that relationship, like we said. So in my perspective, she's going to hold true to her instinct for a minute. And I think they're all going to band together against Lisa. And Lisa's going to continue to move herself out of the circle a bit like she did a few seasons ago and she felt ganged up on. Yeah. and But I think that Kyle and Durie will forever want that friendship back and will do whatever it takes.
0: To be honest, like I don't really fully understand the motives behind being so desperate for that friendship. But all I can say is... Dorit still going to chase her and saying, "I love you, let's still be friends." If someone is just completely not phased by that at all, that there, there has to be an ulterior motive.
1: Well, this is the irony is you can sit there and on the one side of the coin say, If you don't believe me, then we're not friends. Yeah, and on the other hand, then lie directly to her face and have her call you out on that, but then have someone tell you like I love you, I want to be friends with you, and have no emotional reaction to that aside from we're done." Like that to me is plenty to know. This person is not actually my true friend because I am their puppet. This is Brandy Glanville one hundred and one from back in the day. A hundred
0: percent. She did not want to be part of the Lisa Vanderpump presidential campaign, so she is going to be iced out. Like that is what I.
1: They need to bring Brandy back because Brandy must be going bananas with
0: Brandy's. The best thing that's happened to this show.
1: Well, and she was speaking the truth. And she said, she's like, one day you'll see it. And I think it's really hard for the audience to get over their love affair with Lisa Vanderpump because she has such a beautiful house and whatever other reasons they're so enamored of her. But it's, I would love to see her come back and be like, I told you bitches.
0: Well, the thing with Lisa Vanderpump as well is, you know, she is a philanthropist as well. And I think that obviously she's teamed up with so many people and she does a lot of good things. And it's just, but but at the same time, I know I'm I'm gonna get so much hate for this. But when you have money, it's easy to be a philanthropist. Oh, for sure.
1: I mean, people are multifaceted, and very few people are fully good or fully bad. We're all spectrums and fall somewhere at different times in there. So yeah, you can do great things and also do shitty things. And Lisa yeah. is one she example. She
0: has of empathy that. for the underdogs of the world and the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is, which is great. Um, the way that she deals with her relationships and the way that she deals with her emotions completely not, I'm completely not on board with that. And I just don't enjoy watching her as much anymore. I just, she makes, she reminds me of everything I hate about LA in, in this season.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a wall up and you can never really get to know someone if they don't break that down and be vulnerable and she's never been able to do that and you saw glimpses of it this season when sadly, you know, her brother had passed and she was processing that but as much as you don't hope that for someone to break that wall finally, it felt like an actual moment of this is who Lisa really is and we get to see that but almost never has that been the case before.
0: A hundred percent. Even when she did Dancing with the Stars, she like faked her fainting to get out of it. And I don't really have respect for that. I think that life is about facing your issues, facing your enemies. And I do this on the on this podcast all the time. I bitch about everyone on Bravo. And then they'll come on because I don't want to be a troll. I don't want to be these online trolls who comment, I fucking hate this bitch and then Awful. hide behind it. I'll be a troll. But again, transparency I'll invite these people on and be like, well, tell me your side of the story now. Do you know what I mean? You have to face the good and the bad. And this and with her pink outfits and her bedazzled <laughs> tacky as fuck outfits. It's so true. You have all
1: the money in the world. Let's ref- work on that. <laughs>
0: yeah, refuses to face anything that is remotely ugly and dark and twisted is about going through the problem
1: not around it because when you go around it you don't get stronger you're not better on the other side she just has little motivation to yeah. want to get better because she has everything materially and doesn't really want to work on what's really
0: inside, which matters. Yeah, more. no substance. On on complete ends of the spectrum, um, talking about facing the 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 dark and the twisted, Cardi B. <laughs>
1: <laughs> dark, that's like a great pun. Talk about taking the bull by the horn. Well, I'm talking about like the undercarriage dark. Are we talking about her on the red carpet? Uh, and what she did after, did you see? We're talking about her, uh, can we say the word? Oh, yeah. Take yeah, talking it.
0: about her pussy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In that nakey, nakey social media post.
1: Oh, I didn't see the actual post. I just saw the caption.
0: Oh, my gosh. Let me play it for you right now. So she's basically naked. I don't know if it's deleted now, actually. But this is one of my potentially the the best social media thing I've ever seen. It, my whole entire life deleted oh. it but then we got a nice rendition by Perez Hilton who <laughs> proceeded on to just getting himself naked as well on <laughs> Instagram um trying to reenact the whole scene which was hilarious I had Perez Hilton on the podcast a couple of weeks ago he's saw that. so funny especially in Hollywood you have to take yourself and everything that is said about you with a pinch of salt and if you do want to clap back that's the way to do it.
1: Well, having not seen the picture, I can't speak. It's to a that, video. But, it's a video. Oh, the video! But having read the caption or at least the transcription of the video,
0: yeah,
1: I was like thinking the exact same thing. Like hell yeah, it, take it and twist it and be yourself and i love it it's people are always going to say shit and you don't always have to answer but in a case where it went wildfire like this to be like i was a stripper you could have seen me then you're too late like stop being thirsty and <laughs> i love that but
0: i feel like you have a very similar aspect to you when i read your content cuz i read your instagram posts i love that you microblog on your instagram thank you
1: for me it's show up and like actually add something to the conversation i don't need to just be like hey look i look cute <laughs> yeah, which is me, by the way, with my face tune. No, but, and no, my but you're photos. like, I look cute, and here's all the reasons why it's fake, which is adding something. <laughs> I guess there's some form of value in that. <laughs> it is. It's making us realize how much bullshit there is, and that you're willing to break through that. Yeah, maybe,
0: but I'm not that all that willing because nobody's yeah. seen a photo of me without makeup. Actually, that's not true. I did post one in the morning because i did the work up this way challenge but that's a whole different conversation you wrote this post the other day about how you get so many pitches writers are super underpaid um if you want to pitch something, tell them you enjoy their writing. You know, you were you, you were giving all these tips about how to pitch a story. Yeah, it's true. It's, I, you
1: know, I write for a lot of outlets and I do it because one, I like to write and two, I like to elevate other people's stories and like you with podcasts, like to elevate what people are up to who might not have necessarily gotten a placing placement like that. Yeah. But, and so for me, it's not just about the money, but I'm able to have a front row seat and understand that they get paid peanuts. To put their like heart and soul and intellectual property into something, and that as you know with all media, it's about this engine and beast of creating so much content so rapidly that the quality is being diminished so that they can get more ad and click revenue. And so I I get probably five pitches cold a day where people just find you send you something, and it's never I would say ninety nine percent of the time it's hey, here's my press release, or hey, I saw that you write for Forbes, can you write a story about me, or I'm selling this thing, I'm doing this thing, write about me. None of which compel me to even respond to you, let alone write a story about you. So some of the tips that I shared are actually develop a relationship with someone, sincerely compliment them, and reference some of the work that they've done. Make it easier for them. Say you'd be happy to help deliver whatever components of the
0: content would be helpful. Yeah, and to be honest- That's kind of, um, because you know, I'm a writer as well, an entertainment writer and I'm a reporter. So I get these pitches too and they bug the fuck out of me. Totally. I'm going to say it loud and clear. When you send me a fucking pitch, listen to up and coming, la la la. She's done this. She's achieved name drop, name drop, name drop. I'm like, fuck you. I don't give a shit. If right. you're not Kim Kardashian, you're not gonna get me clicks, and if you're trying to name drop, you like i I have no interest in whatever it is that you're saying, and it's kind of that's how we built our kind of online relationship as well because your interest in my content, may I say made me interested in your content and our similar experiences. And it's when I read that Instagram post of you that I really wanted to have you on because I was like, oh my gosh, the struggles of being pitched with this bullshit 24-7 mm-hmm. is really making my career like a bitter, bitter thing. Well, your
1: point life. is so valid that if you can do something of value to the person you're trying to pitch, that's a much better place to start. So me, for example, putting you in this Forbes article and naming you a top 18 women-led podcast is adding value, whether or not it's value you were seeking. It didn't mean I was trying to get something out of you or doing something, seeking that in exchange. It's not about manipulating someone. No. You have to come from a place of generosity and sincerity. And when people come to you straight for the jugular of, hi, I don't know you do this thing for me, it's an absolute no. And- Absolute no. Point, about the name dropping and the accolade, 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 it's all BS. We all know how people swing stuff. I know if you say you did a TED talk, you probably did a TEDx talk. Everyone can do that. I know if you said my thing's been viewed a million times, I'm like, no, it hasn't. It actually, w-. like we understand the, the, you know, PR swing it's 100%. like a one-bedroom house, cozy. You know, it's there's a swing on everything. So, hundred percent, we're on it. We know, we know what you're up to. Keeping
0: um, the tone of this podcast completely transparent, I'm definitely going to use that Forbes article to name drop every chance I get. May I just say? Perfect. You know what? Can I, t- can I be really honest and transparent with you? If you haven't already been, I'm shocked. So. I'm gonna be Continue. even more. <laughs> yeah. I like my ego stroke because of I'm course. a writer just like you I love my ego stroke, so I want to know what made you fe- what made you feature me in that article? <laughs> Interestingly, yours came to me through a press pitch.
1: Once I started following you on Instagram and seeing your stuff, I was like, I'm here for this girl. I like her. I like that she's like snarky and she's like bringing this different voice to this space of podcasting where so many people are not sounding like you sound. And I liked your authenticity. So I was like, she's in.
0: Thank you so much. I, I love my ego stroke. <laughs> Who
1: doesn't? I mean, that goes back to our first set of tips. Sincerely give someone a compliment. It really helps.
0: Yeah. So when I started working, cause let's, let's not lie to ourselves. Let's be, let's be real on this podcast. I started working with a PR because this is Hollywood. Uh, unless you go viral for a sex tape, you're going to work with a PR. Do you know what so I mean? When
1: yours coming out?
0: But that's the thing. I was trying to like prevent that from happening because I don't like my butt. My butt is jiggly. I'm not doing a. Sex it's about tape. the
1: angles. Just don't shoot that angle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my butt's jiggly. You ain't gonna see a sex tape anytime soon. Also, there's not many people I want to have sex with in LA because they all gross me out. Guess what? I have a PR, but I also have the substance to back it up. Yeah, you bring a <laughs> you bring a je ne sais quoi to the table. <laughs> Any last words on just, you know, give give people some motivation. I feel like I've been a bitch this whole episode. Just just lift up the mood for a sec. Well, damn, it's like throw
1: out the gauntlet. (laughs) Well, I mean, let's bring it back to the friendship thing. I'm a believer that the people you surround yourself with matter. They are the people that are going to pull you up or bring you down. And if we're going to look at the housewives – don't do like the housewives do if you're going to do like any of them do like erica where you keep it real you call your friends out on their shit but you are loving about it you just got to really be there for these people and take an inventory are the people around you people that are moving down the path you're moving are they people that are up leveling you are they people that are keeping you where you are and just seeing you for who you are and what you've been
0: not where you're going and who you're becoming amen jewish sister (laughs) That's all I'm going to say to that. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? Share your socials, anything that you want people to check out. Just do your plug. Thank you. So yeah, check me out
1: on Instagram like Deanna did. It's at Dara B. It's spelled like Farah with a D. And my website's got lots of free shit on it that'll help you intentionally design your life and define success for yourself, build a business or career to fund it and a network to support it. I'll name drop. I have a series of Deepak Chopra on there that gives a lot of great free content away as well as tons of interviews with great content and other free stuff. It's Dara.co, dot
0: Co. I love it. Well, thank you so much. You've been Amazing on this podcast. It's Thank such you. a different perspective. I love that you're not just a bitch that's here to criticize. You criticize with substance, which I'm all about. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Criticizes with substance. Criticize with substance. I was like, we're gonna make this intellectual. I need to impress this Forbes person. And then I was like, you know what? We're gonna go for the housewives. We're going and for the housewives. You no, know, I'm also a Bravo fanatic. So <laughs> perfect we need to get you
1: back on here we'll recap some stuff together Yeah, as we say we can talk any bravo pretty much any e whatever you want any day of the week
0: (laughs) whenever you have free time you are welcome to recap with me i love your input thank you so much thank you